Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast. Where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. <laughs> I don't know where to go to from there. Yeah, I was trying to say. think of a good segue, but I don't have one. And, uh, and there's no time to re-record spe- speaking it. Speaking of segues. So we're just moving forward. Speaking of segues, though, uh, have you ever written one? No. Great. This is going nowhere. <laughs> All right. No time. We're moving forward. So <laughs> on to Disney. Onward. On- Onward, there uh-huh. you go, perfect segue. Onward's uh-huh. coming out in a couple weeks. A couple weeks, isn't it? No, yeah, it's two weeks. Yeah, two two weeks. Beginning Looking of, forward to that. Beginning of March. It looks yes. really good, and it's also really interesting because usually, I've noticed in the past, it seems like when there's a new Disney movie coming up, especially if it's animated, there's almost no advertisements for it. But I've heard, uh, I mean, I've never really witnessed. There's it. a lot of good buzz around this one. Well, this one it had I've its heard world, it had its world premiere. I think there's been a lot of good reviews and feedback from it. They've I've really heard, been promoting it hard. Yeah, so. I was gonna say I've heard some like radio spots for it and and things like that. So I'm I'm curious. I don't know. I'm curious about it. I do think this one has gotten a lot of promotion because Chris Pratt's in it, and Chris Pratt promotes like every movie he's in like crazy on his social media. He's kind of like The Rock. Like anytime The Rock's in a movie. You know that movie's coming out for like six months because The Rock, like Black Adam, he's just that's been years. But he's you know <laughs> The Rock's in the gym, just like yep. flexing, and he gets like tattoos of the movie on his biceps. And when he's flexing, it's like go see Jungle Cruise. You know, <laughs> does he actually have a tattoo of like the Minnie Maui? Because that I think he needs that. I think he should get that. I I don't know. That's a good question. We'll have to ask him next time we see him. You know, because. <laughs> Yes, because he's a fl- friend yeah, of the well, show. Yeah, you know, when we're at those you know fancy parties, yeah, friend of the yeah, show. Yeah, all the, we'll all the fancy parties that we get ad- uh, invited to. Exactly. So, but yeah, but Chris Pratt promotes promotes his movies a lot as well. So yeah, this has been getting a lot of promotion. It looks good. Um, so yeah, looking forward to seeing that in a couple of weeks. So all right, so on to real Disney news for this week. Disney announced that in Walt Disney World, Cinderella Castle is going to be getting a makeover. And I think we've kind of talked about this that we thought it was coming because with the 50th anniversary of Disney World, that they would do something. At the 25th anniversary, they turn it into a giant birthday cake, which is crazy. (laughs) Go back and look at pictures of that. For Disneyland's 60th, they did some updates to Sleeping Beauty Castle. So this was kind of expected. Uh, The announcement kind of came out of the blue. They're going for like a, a gold trim, darker blues, uh, on the 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 base the of roof the castle. well no the roof is going to have uh like royal blues yes the stone is going to be a darker gray it looks like they're adding some pinks it looks like almost more in line with sleeping, sleeping beauty, beauty castle, castle. Yeah. but i think it looks really good yeah it's interesting i you know i'm interesting wh- I, i'm interesting i'm interested you to are see- very interesting <laughs> i'm interested to see what it looks like in person because you would if you just if i describe the it renderings you, look great what the like the renderings of it look oh, great? Yeah. So you're right. Yeah. Like how? But what's it going to look it like in person? It almost looks like two different castles put together because you have the bottom part is mostly like predominantly gray, and then the higher uh, spires are mostly pink. So it almost looks like you've mashed up two castles together. But for some reason, it really does work together. I also think that's a bit of forced perspective too. It's yeah. darker, lower as you go up. But it gets lighter, so it looks taller than it think is. Think that they would do like a darker pink and then go lighter. Uh, but so I'm interested to see if they ombre it up, if it go, or if it's just like stark like it is in the renderings. So, but I don't overall, know, but I think it looks, it looks great, very good. Though. It's very, it's very rich, like high contrast and the colors. Look very gold, right? And this is supposed to be done by. Sometime this summer. 
So it's going to be a pretty quick turnaround. Disney has said that while there will be some construction um, vehicles going up as they paint and redo this, they will not have the castle completely obstructed at any time. So whenever a few years ago when Disneyland did the 60th, they had scaffolding up in front of Sleeping Beauty Castle for quite a while and you couldn't get pictures of it and people mm-hmm. were kind of upset. So they said when they're doing Cinderella Castle, it will never be completely obstructed. So you'll still be able to go and get a photo in front of part of it. Maybe you won't get the exact angle you want because pieces of it may be covered. Um, But it sounds like they're going to be going through this pretty quickly and trying to keep as much access to it as possible. My guess is they'll be doing a lot of the front of the castle, the, the view from Main Street at night. And so those really good iconic photos are always available to guests. And then they'll be doing the back during the day. Yeah, and I think I heard somewhere sides. that uh, in Fantasyland, they've already, some of the buildings there have already been repainted with kind of the, a similar mm-hmm. color scheme with, with the royal blue roofs and the, the gold trim. So they're, they're moving pretty quick on this. Nice. Uh, in other kind of theme park news, it was announced that uh, Disney reached an agreement for the Paris theme park. So they have uh, part of the agreement with France over there is that they have to build a new park every so many years. They kind of touched on this in the Imagineering story that they had only, you know, so long to build the second park or they lose their land lease or license. So the agreement had them having to build a third park. I think it was sometime in the middle of 2020 Hmm. fairly soon, but they announced that they reached an agreement today that they now have until 2036 to build a third theme park there. So, that gives them a little bit of extra time. And I think it makes sense because they're putting a ton of money into the existing studios park over there. Yeah. You know, they're expanding it with a frozen the frozen land. That's the one in the uh, documentary that they talk about. It was kind of a flop at first, I believe, right? The studios part. Well, it's it was because they had to build it so quickly because they had to build a second park. So they kind of just threw something together. But they are putting a lot of money into expanding that one. So I think. You know, they kind of negotiated, hey, while we're not building a third park, we're putting a lot of money into keeping the the two parks and improving them. Right. So they're getting a little bit of an extension on the third park. I mean, that's disappointing because as somebody who wants to travel to Europe, I would love to go and hope. I'm thinking I'm going there soon, which we don't have to. I mean, it's not a big deal and we can always go back. But, um, you know... I, it kind of it bums me out a little bit that they're not doing it anytime soon, but then it gives me something to look forward to. So, yeah. All right. So on to our main topic this week. We're going to be doing another edition of Is It Worth It? And for this one, we're going to be doing specifically Galaxy's Edge. Is it worth it? So we've done... Is it worth it? Okay. I wasn't sure... I wasn't sure if you were going for uh, <laughs> like Star Wars sounds there or what. So that's our new uh, intro music to this one. That I won't remember, so it'll only be in one episode. Okay, one and done. There we go. <laughs> All right, so we've done, I think, two of these episodes so far. So you can go back and listen to those. If you uh, if, if you go to our website, EnchantedEarsPodcast.com, uh, and then you go to uh, the podcast page. All of our previous episodes are listed there, and you can search them. It's a little bit easier to find than than scrolling through uh, like like Apple Podcasts or something like that. But so we've done a couple of these before, and basically what we do is we take a couple things and we say, "Is it worth it?" Essentially. And wow, it, it's, it's a really complex idea that we've had. I have there. to keep it simple for me to understand to follow. <laughs> for you to understand. Oh, you're being humble. 
Look at how nice I'll you are. Trying to be nice there. <laughs> so, all right. So we're gonna jump into it. Uh, Galaxy's Edge Edition. So uh, the first thing we have is it worth it building a lightsaber? So doing the <laughs> lightsaber building experience. I think you're gonna say no, right? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I think out of out of all the stuff in Galaxy's Edge, so there there is a lot to do if you haven't been there. I mean, part of part of the experience is just being there, but part of the experience is they've really built this land to have a lot of additional add-ons to take your money <laughs> as many ways as they can. Oh yeah, you, they have to recover you know the rumored billion dollars or so that they've spent on this land, so they have a, a lot of you know additional ways to kind of get you to spend money. I actually heard that they're going to be building some new droids that walk like roll around and walk around. And- and they actually steal your wallets directly. So, <laughs> yeah, look, keep Just an like, eye out for those like pickpockets. Re- reverse ATMs. Is that why they haven't gotten the droids out yet? They're, they're going back yeah, to yeah. the drawing board and they're like, can we have like uh, little extendable arms go out and right, right. steal your and credit so cards, ca- swipe it. And it's perfect too. It's a great design because if you catch it doing it, then you're like, oh, haha, this is so funny, Disney. Like, ha, you, they, you were going to give it back. And if you don't catch it, then you just think, oh, somebody, somebody stole my wallet. So pick up a couple bucks here and there. So, all right. (laughs) But yeah, so out of, out of all the kind of experiences there, I think the lightsaber experience at Savi's workshop is the best one you can do. Yeah. Now this cost $199 to build it. It's a show. If you've ever been to Universal Studios and done the Ollivander's uh, wand experience, it's similar to that, but on a completely different level. It's not even comparable. It's um, so much more inclusive. Ollivander's is something that you go to, and if you're an adult, you know you're probably not going to get picked unless you're in with a bunch of other adults. Um, it's only one person gets to do it. And with this, I mean, it's everybody gets to participate. Everybody gets some attention, one-on-one attention. And it. I, I know that whenever you described it in our Galaxy's Edge episode you kind of likened it to a religious experience like you yes <laughs> it was it was extremely moving like it is so well done that you really do believe you're building a lightsaber and when you activate it for the first time you really do feel like you have the power of the force for a split second i believe like whoa am i a force user here that i've actually got this lightsaber to work and then you know, you kind of remember, oh, no, like I'm in I'm in Disney World or Disneyland, wherever you are. But it is pretty amazing. And it was one of the best experiences I've had at a Disney theme park. Besides doing like the rides and everything. I, I, mean, I think it, the behind the scenes are still some of my favorite things we've done. They, the, with they the, they living with the, yeah, what is it? Live it the, not, the behind the scenes tour. Behind the scenes, the one that goes in, uh, what was it? The Kilimanjaro Safari behind the scenes tour. And the surfing experience. I mean, those are literally the only three we've done. And every single one of them was fantastic. And I would do any of them again in a heartbeat. Yeah, those are great. But but I, yeah, there's there was something about this lightsaber experience, though, that I, I do. I have to put it up there. I'm not sure if I want to say it was my it was the best experience I've ever done. But I have to put it up there. If it's not number one, it's you know top two. I can totally understand where you're coming from with this, though, because you are a huge Star Wars fan. I obviously like Star Wars, but Star Wars just doesn't do it for me on the same level as it does it for you. But whenever I went to 
Hogwarts and saw what they did, what Universal did with that and going to Ollivanders, I got so emotional and like I wanted to get picked so bad. And then the guy actually, I think, saw the disappointment, um, Ollivander, saw the disappointment on my face and came over and actually gave me some like actual personal personal attention. And I got a wand um, there. So I can understand where you're coming from, because, again, when I say it doesn't compare, it doesn't even come close to comparing with with Savi's workshop. All right. So the the next one is Oga's Cantina. So this is (laughs) there's a couple quick service restaurants there, but this is kind of the entertainment food venue so you really don't get food here it's more drinks and you're kind of there for the show and the atmosphere yeah i think there's like one appetizer you can get because the people we were standing with what they got the appetizer it looked pretty good like i would probably order it if i was hungry and it it was like some sort of um veggie chip looking thing but with some salsa but yeah it's mostly drinks and just an experiential situation yeah so so i'll I'll add to this one so this is this can be difficult to get into it's recommended to have reservations so let let's say would you is it worth waiting 45 minutes to get into august cantina i oh i would say i'd say no i i thought it was really really cool i very much enjoyed it I thought that the drinks were interesting, but there's so much to do in a Disney park and in all the Disney parks. If you have a park hopper, I mean, you can you can spend that time doing something else. Yeah, I would say a 45-minute wait, I would have to agree with you. It's not worth it. If you can get an advanced reservation so that you know you have a, a certain time that you're in there, I would definitely say it's worth it. But right now, because it is so popular, they have like a 45-minute limit in there. So you, you can't right. be in there very long. You essentially can order, I think, like two drinks. So, I mean, they, they try to turn you over pretty quickly. So I think if you're going to have to wait 45 minutes plus an hour to get in because you can't get a reservation, I don't think it's worth it. There's enough other stuff to do in the land that you're really not missing that much by not getting into the cantina. But just a quick addition to that, you know, there is supposed to be a 45 minute limit on how long you're there. I feel like whenever I hear that, I think, Oh, they're going to pressure me to leave. I never felt pressured to get out of there. So you definitely can still enjoy yourself and have a good time. And you don't feel like, Oh no, I have to leave. By the time you're done with your one drink, you feel you're, you're pretty much ready to move on. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. They don't, they're not like pushing you through too quickly. I mean, I'm sure so. if you really out- overstay, you're welcome, but you don't feel like you need to be there forever. Yeah. All right. So the next one, so there's, there's a lightsaber experience, but then they also have the droid building experience at the droid depot. So again, this is a, an upcharge. So it costs $100 to get a droid. You can either build an R2 unit or a, a BB unit. Uh, and again, they, they recommend advanced reservations for this one, but you can also kind of just walk in. This is a pretty quick experience. They move people through quickly. I mean, all the parts are on a conveyor belt, and you kind of go through there yeah. like you're on a conveyor belt. Now, this is you built a droid, so I did the lightsaber experience. You actually built the droid. I was in there with you because you can bring one person in. So kind of what's your opinion? Do you think it was worth it? Would you do it again? <laughs> um, I really wish that 
we had done the lightsaber building second because after we did the lightsaber building with you, I was expecting something along the same caliber. It was a letdown. And it was a serious letdown because I had picked out parts that I wanted and then they only went with the R2 units. Um, there's really not a whole lot of choices. And if you want everything to for match. The BB units. Yeah, for the BB units. Yeah, and, yeah, but the R2 units aren't that exciting to build because they don't have that cool mechanism where it's a ball that rolls you don't really have a lot of choice. And I was seeing a lot of people leaving with the same exact BB unit over and over again, which means I picked something, of course I had, that was different. I picked something that I thought like, Oh, that reminds me of a soccer ball, but it's not, I was drawn to it for that reason, but I would have preferred a purple one. And you also tried to match everything. See, I I feel like if I would have done it, I wouldn't have worried about, Oh, I need to have both halves of the of the bb units base match and then have a head that matches i probably would have picked three different colors i think it would have just gone for something absurd though yeah but it, it would have been unique i think that's the whole point of it is to kind of mix and match what you're doing and i wouldn't have worried about oh i have to have like if i want it to be blue i have to find all the shades of blue i i, I think i would have worked more and had a little bit more fun with it yeah, I I just think that again, I think I was ve- I was very overwhelmed. I'm a person who gets very overwhelmed with choices. So, even though I felt very limited Choice on the choices, paralysis. yes, I do. So, even though I felt like there were limited choices, I still felt like, well, do I want everything to match? Well, if I leave out if I come out of here and everything doesn't match, I'm going to be like, why did I build it that way? And then um you know, whenever we actually got up to the part where you actually have an experience with a human being, so this is the part where they help you build it. Um, I, again, I felt like it was lacking there. There wasn't a whole lot of pomp and circumstance surrounding like your BB unit coming to life. I would say when it activates, it's pretty cool. As it goes through its activation and it starts it starts making sounds and moving right. around, Like that is pretty interesting. Right. Uh, but I felt like out of all the things that we did in the in the Galaxy's Edge part, that was the most where you can kind of peek behind the curtain and it seems more like commercialism. Like when you're when you're in Galaxy's Edge, it feels like you're in a Star Wars, like you're in Star Wars. But I felt like when I was in the droid building experience, the whole way through, it just felt to me like I was building a robot in a Disney park. It didn't feel fully immersive. Like, for example, you know, whenever I talked to the lady, and I, I appreciated how, when we, we went up to buy it, I appreciated how candid she was with me about you know should we get a personality chip and she was like oh you know well if you decide you want one you can get one but I don't know I just feel like it's it doesn't feel like it's fully developed yet this idea of building because if they can't explain to you why you need a personality chip it's just an upsell they did explain it but she I think to your point you asked if you need to get one and she kind of explained you can buy them later like you have to buy them beforehand right the personality chips they did explain it changes depending on how it interacts with other droids and the sounds it makes. So right, you can buy you can buy a a a Sith chip or like a a Jedi chip resistance, and so it, it interacts differently. I do see kind of what they're going for because I mean, if you think about you know you're building a droid, you're building a robot, having the parts on a conveyor belt and, yeah, and kind of cute. assembling it. I mean, it, it does make sense, but yeah, to your point. It's not as it's immersive. Not a, it's so, not as massive a conveyor belt as I would have thought either. It's pretty small. Yeah, so it's, they, they kind of built this one. I mean, they have two experiences. Obviously, with the lightsaber building, it's a much more immersive experience, so they can't get as many people through there in an hour. So it's a much more 
kind of exclusive experience. It costs a lot more. Whereas I feel like the droid building one, they kind of built this one for the majority of the people coming through. It's a right. little bit lower price point. It's something that kids could do and enjoy. They're building, you know, a remote control droid that they can then play with and, and you can get a lot more people through there. So I kind of see what they were doing, but to your point, when you compare the two, it is a little bit of a letdown. I would say the actual building of it is probably not worth it. Having the droid though, I would say is worth it because it's a it's a very high quality remote control droid for a hundred dollars. I mean it's it's pretty good because you know they used to sell those ones that you could control with like your phone, like those little like BB eight ones. And they were very small. They were maybe like six inches tall. And I think those were oh, seventy or eighty dollars. They had those at the Apple store, right? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. yeah. So they sold them. And those are probably seventy or eighty dollars. So for a hundred, you get a much bigger, that's probably a foot, maybe a foot and a half tall. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, these are these are pretty high quality. So having they're hard to control though because the way that the ball moves, um, it kind of rocks and then it will get out of place. So it's very hard to like set a bearing and go that way because if you turn direction at all, it doesn't necessarily always go that way. Um, yeah, the R the R two units would probably be a little bit easier to control. But but yeah, so overall, I would say look, I like having the droid. I think it was worth it to get it. But the whole experience could have probably bypassed and just bought one. Yeah, I, I would actually disagree with Joe, and I'd say the whole thing is a pass. Um, I don't think that we need it. I barely ever look at it or play with it now, and I think that overall I can think of a million other things I'd do 100 bucks with. You do get a cute little like uh, cat carrier box for it. Like If you, oh, if you ever adopt yeah. a cat, they put them in little <laughs> cardboard boxes. Yeah, but listen. You can get that for your droid, too. It looks fact, like though, you have a little uh, critter. Fun fact. Those little cat carrier boxes are not very good because our cat almost bu like busted out of it and I caught him in the middle of the road when after after we adopted him like I if I hadn't caught his back end he would have just been a stray cat then at that point. So be careful if you adopt any kittens. All right, so the next thing is getting the blue or green milk. And I'm going to say the frozen <laughs> version. So is it worth it? to get the the frozen blue or green milk. I'm going to say for the frozen version, yes. I'm going to say it's worth trying. Now, we had the chilled blue milk at Oga's Cantina, and that was not very good. I do not think it's worth getting that. But then we had the frozen green milk, and having the frozen, it's kind of like a slushy. <laughs> it is, is much better consistency. Mm -hmm. So the flavor it's still kind of off because it's a non-dairy based milk but i don't think that at all but having a slushy uh, is a much better like consistency to have for this so i think if you're going and you know you've heard mixed reviews about the milk it's definitely worth at least trying one of them yeah i would agree with this i think it's really cool i think it's a very I mean, I sound like such a millennial saying this, but it's a very Instagrammable thing. And of course, that's where Disney builds a lot of their experiences off of. Is, hey, it's you not take on the cool gram. It didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. If you don't, if you can take a really cool picture with it, it doesn't matter so much if it tastes great or whatever. Um, I think that it was, it was very interesting because your approach was let's buy it with alcohol because, you know, I think it'll be better as a mixed drink. But it was hilarious because when we were drinking through it at first, we're like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. And it was because all of the alcohol went to wherever we like where we were drinking it from. And the second we ran out of the alcohol, we were like, oh, this is this is decent. So uh, suggestion, don't get the alcoholic version, especially if you're a lightweight like us. 
All right. So the the last one is, is it worth getting up? And I said 5 a.m. That's kind of when the parks, you probably don't have to get up that early anymore. So let's say getting up at 6 a.m. to be in line for Rise of the Resistance. So basically, is it worth it rope dropping? Yeah, being there maybe an hour before the park opens. That's probably a better way. Is it worth it being there an hour before the park opens to get a boarding pass for Rise of the Resistance? So, and and if people aren't familiar, if they uh, you know haven't been to Disney World lately or you're planning on going, how they're doing Rise of the Resistance is you have to get a boarding pass. So there's no fast pass, there's no standby queue. When the park opens. You can go to My Disney Experience and get a boarding pass, and then it's a virtual queue, so they call your boarding groups throughout the day. And if you're not there within the first like 15 to 20 minutes of the park opening, chances are you're, you're not going to get a boarding group, or you may get one that's so late that they may not get to you by the end of the day. So it seems like most people, you have to be there around an hour beforehand. There's large crowds to kind of make sure you're in the park. So you can get that boarding pass for right when the park opens. So is it worth it being there an hour early? And then we're going to caveat this with saying we have not ridden Rise of the Resistance. Um, Mm -hmm. I've seen we've seen kind of the ride throughs on YouTube, but we did go to the park to do an hour and a half early (laughs) to be in lines to get on Smuggler's Run. So do you think it'd be worth it to get there early for Rise of the Resistance? Absolutely. I think that being in the park early was, uh, I mean, yeah, did I hate waiting? And was it cold? Yes, yes. But it was really nice. First of all, being there really early was awesome because we were at the very front of the line. So we were able to very easily interact with the cast members that were trying to contain the crowd. And that was a nice way to kind of pass some time. Once we finally got in, we were at the front of the line. And so, again, that was really nice. And we got a chance to ride Smuggler's Run twice because we were able to go through because we got we were first in line and then we were able to do the um, the single rider line right after that. So overall, I'd say that that experience, because we waited an hour and a half, but we got to ride it twice in that amount of time was fantastic. So I think that this would apply to Rise of the Resistance because it would be nice to be able to ride that and you might be able to like kind of run over to smugglers run and get in the single rider line after that so i think that this is yeah this is a definite win yeah and i i would agree with this that it's definitely worth it being there early because one smuggler or not smugglers run sorry rise of the resistance looks amazing from all accounts of people that have ridden it they say it is one of the best rides, if not the best ride Disney has ever done. It's completely immersive. It has some you know, incredible technology in it that it's a must ride. So if you want to ride it, you definitely have to be there because again, those boarding groups go quick. But I think you, you, know, you stumbled upon another valid point of if you're there at Rope Drop, you get your boarding pass, it's, you're not going to ride it right away because those boarding groups take a while. Like You may get a boarding group that's not till two o'clock in the afternoon, but because you're there so early, you're going to be able to get in line immediately and ride Slinky Dog Dash in 15 minutes. Or if you want to go over to Smuggler's Run, you'll be able to ride that immediately. So you'll be able to ride a lot of stuff in the park because you're there so early. Plus, you'll still be able to ride Rise of the Resistance. So it is kind of a win-win. You'll get a lot more done. Plus, you'll get to ride 
the you know the e-ticket attraction right exactly i actually just talked to my dental hygienist um when i was at the dentist last week about this very thing because she said that her son went down with their very young daughter who loves toy story and wanted so badly to ride slinky dog but they didn't rope drop and they couldn't ride it because they yeah. couldn't wait with their young because child it for still that long. is yeah it still is an hour and a half a two hour wait for that mm-hmm. but if you're yeah, there first thing in the morning many yeah. times to try to ride right. it and they couldn't they ended up riding alien swirling saucers instead because again just to satiate that you know like toddler need to ride something that was toy story related yeah and i think you know next week when mickey and minnie's runaway railway opens uh it'll be even more important to get there early because there's gonna be a lot of people in line for that so if you get in you get your boarding pass and then you go straight to mickey and minnie runaways runaway railway you'll be able to, to rope drop that get get a ride in there head over to galaxy's edge so it'll be really important to get there early Yeah, i would not want to be in hollywood studios next week it's gonna be an absolute nightmare with all of the really awesome rides that they have there um it's gonna be i mean obviously i would love to be there but you know the part of me that's gonna be sitting at home when all these things are going down it's like oh yeah i wouldn't want to be there but of course i would yeah (laughs) And speaking of Smuggler's Run, I actually saw a YouTube video today, and I apologize because I cannot remember the channel that posted it, but if you search for Chewbacca mode, there is apparently a secret mode on Smuggler's Run that you can kind of unlock like an old video game cheat code, and everybody has to do their part. And if you do a certain set of commands beforehand, and you have to do it before they check your seatbelt buckles. So like everybody has to do things in a certain order, all six people, before they check your seatbelt buckles, oh, man. that Hondo won't come on the screens, and it's just Chewbacca yelling at you the whole ride. So it's just <laughs> it's just chewy noises the whole ride. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. And that, that's basically what it is. So apparently there is this secret mode that you can unlock. So if you just go on YouTube and you search uh, Chewy mode or Chewbacca mode, I'm sure there's probably a ton of videos out there um, that, that have it, but it's actually, it's pretty interesting. I'd kind of like to try this next time we go. The problem is you basically have to have, you have to have the entire group. Cause if it was just the two of us, yeah. just the two of us doing it, it's not going to work because all six people have to work in unison. So we're going to have to, to get some friends to go with us, uh, to try this. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are several videos on, on YouTube. Fresh baked is one. Uh, there's a theme park fresh obsession. Fresh baked may have been the one that I saw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's fresh did. baked with an exclamation point on it. But yeah, this would this sounds like so much fun, and I think it's so cool that they built in a like v- video game cheat code into it. Um, and like you said, I mean, to your point, we <laughs> we're only two people, so hey, maybe we should just get a, a group of listeners together. We'll all be in on it, and then we'll go down and write it. Write yeah. It. So now I kind of wonder like what else they have in there. Like if if oh people gosh. have uncovered this, you know chewy mode uh, you know how many other like hidden is there things a lando are mode yeah like who, yeah who knows what else they have or will this kind of a rotate Han out mode? so so if you're going down uh to disney world or disneyland soon and you have a group of like five or six people check out one of these youtube videos try it let us know if you're able to get it to work this is this has the potential to be very disappointing though because like think of like mortal Kombat, when you're like oh man i have this memorized so that when it says finish him i'm like ready to go and then you mess it up by just mishitting one button and then you can't get that really cool fatality. Well, in the video I watched, they 
went through it three or four times before they got to work. So, I mean, it was like a 20 minute video and they kept going through (laughs) and they didn't do it right. And and it was a lot of trial and error. And I actually think it seemed like the time they did it right the last time the cast member helped them. So I think the cast members know about this or at least some of them because the cast member was kind of telling them what to do as like before (laughs) he was checking their seatbelts. So I, I think they kind of know about it as well. But yeah, it's definitely a, a cool thing that I just found out about. So yeah, and if any of the listeners were able to try it successfully. Yeah, let, let us, us know. know. I want to know all about it. Yeah. So all right. So I think that, that kind of wraps up, you know, Galaxy's Edge. I think overall, we've kind of come to the conclusion that most of the stuff is worth it. I mean, it is right. a pretty incredible land. At Disney World, the Star Wars Hotel is going to be opening next year. They're going to be taking reservations. Oh, I can man. only imagine how incredible that will be. We still don't know how much it costs, so I won't know. <laughs> If it's worth it, because that's going to be very expensive. Again, I do have a feeling. This land is built to take your money. That will have droids taking your money. I will say, I do have a feeling, though, that we will be among some of the first public people to ride it because I know that you are so on top of it and so such a good planner that the second you find out that it is available, you'll be online getting those tickets. The problem is, it's going to, the hotel is going to fill up quick because it's only going to take. 200 people at a time it's a very small hotel and again who knows how much it costs it could be so expensive it's like might need to save up some pennies yeah you know so (laughs) so we'll have to see but i I think it is going to be it's going to shape up uh to be pretty incredible and uh yeah really looking forward to to seeing that as well so but i think that that kind of wraps up our episode this week i want to thank everybody uh, for listening if you uh, again, if you've tried the Chewy mode or you've been to you know Galaxy's Edge lately, you know let us know what you thought. You can do so on our Facebook or our Instagram. We're at Enchanted Ears Podcast on both. Send us a message. Make sure you like the pages to to kind of get updates um, as we send them out. So you can also uh, check out our uh, website, EnchantedEarsPodcast.com. Uh, you can again see all of our previous episodes on there. You can also submit a question or a topic for a future episode. Thanks for lending us your ears. Thanks, everyone. We'll uh, see you here uh, next Monday, and have a great week. Bye-bye.